Welcome to the Pulp Nostalgia Audiocast. Edgar Allan Poe never wrote for the Pulps, but we have to think the horror and mystery master would have been right at home in their tattered pages. And of course, several of his stories were reprinted in the Pulps over the years. This week, we have an old-time radio segment inspired by Poe. This story, a performance of The Telltale Heart by Boris Karloff, first appeared as part of the January 30th 1938 episode of the Chase and Sanborn Hour. You can learn more about the pulps in the Beginner's Guide to Pulp Fiction, Volume 2, now available from Brick Pickle Media in ebook or print formats. It can be ordered from Amazon or any other bookstore, and you can get a discounted price by ordering direct from our website. That link is in the show notes. And don't forget to check out Volume 1. Both books are also available as Kindle Unlimited titles, too. This podcast is a Brick Pickle Media production, copyright 2020. For more from Brick Pickle Media, visit www.pulpaudiocast.com. If you'd like to support our efforts, you can find a link to all of our books in our entire online store on the website. And with that, on with the show. Born an English gentleman and trained for the British diplomatic service, our guest Boris Karloff forsook the conference tables of Europe to win international fame before the cameras of Hollywood. For ever since his memorable performance in the picture Frankenstein, Mr. Karloff has been the world's most popular maker of chills and thrills. He's also one of the screen's finest actors. And tonight we offer a dramatization of one of Edgar Allan Poe's most famous and exciting stories, The Telltale Heart. Mr. Karloff will be the man whose experience this is. The man who... But let him tell his own story. I will tell you the story, just as it happened to me, just as it happened, you understand? Perhaps you'll say I'm mad, but I'm not. I'm nervous, yes. Very, very nervous. But how can you say that I'm mad? Now, just listen. Listen how calmly I can tell you the whole story. Everything that happened. I didn't hate the old man. I loved him. He never did anything to me. He never insulted me, never said anything about me. I wasn't after his money, and he had plenty of it. I don't know what it was. Yes, I think I do. It was his eye, an eye like a vulture, a pale blue eye with a film over it. It was the evil eye. Whenever I saw it, my blood ran cold. I had to destroy it. I laid my plans carefully. Every night at midnight, I opened the door of his room. Oh, so gently. I didn't want to wake him. He would have laughed to see how cunningly I thrust in a dark lantern and focused a single ray upon that vulture eye, that evil eye. Would a madman have worked so cautiously, so carefully as that? For seven nights, I found the eye closed. But on the eighth night, as he lay in his bed, I opened the door, slowly, very slowly. But the door creaked, and it waked him. I could hear him sit up in bed, but I just stood there not making a sound. After a long while, 
I opened the door a little wider. Who's there? Who's there, I said. Are you frightened? What are you doing now, old man? Aren't you saying to yourself it's only the wind in the chimney you hear? You're awake. You're not dreaming. But who? What is it you want? You're saying to yourself, it's only a mouse crossing the floor, aren't you? But you're wrong. What? What is it? Every night at midnight, I must see your eye. But every night it has been closed. Go away! Go away! For seven nights I have gone away. Seven nights. You never knew about that, did you? I have money. Enough for both of us. Take it. Take it all. It's not that. I don't want that. It's your eye, old man. I want your eye. Take that light away. Don't shine that light on me. Your evil eye. You're mad. Go away. Now I see it. Now I see it in this light. There it is. Wide open with that hideous veil over it. A vulture's eye. I've been kind to you, haven't I? Yes, yes. But I must destroy that evil eye or it will destroy me. Take that light away. You're mad, I tell you. You're mad. Mad. My mind was never clearer nor my senses sharper in my whole life. What's that? Don't you hear that? That thumping? What is it? Wait. Shh. I have it. It's your heart. Your cursed heart. Stop it, I tell you. Stop it beating like that. Do you hear me? I said stop it or you'll wake the neighbors. Stop it. Stop it or I'll stop it for you. Now, if you still think me mad, you'll change your mind when I tell you of the pains I took to conceal the old man's body after I'd done away with that awful eye. The night was still young, but there was so much to do and I had to work fast. I took up three planks from the flooring of the room and hid the old man so cunningly that no human eye, not even his, could have detected anything wrong. How could a madman have thought of all that? But the important thing was that I was free, free, free of that awful eye. There was the old man right under my feet, right under the floor, but his cursed heart was still. I was dancing a little jig to celebrate when... Who's there? Open the door in the name of the law. Who is it? The police. Oh, officer. It's rather early for a call, isn't it? However, won't you come in? Sorry to disturb you, but some of the neighbors heard a scream. Report was sent into headquarters. Someone heard a scream from my house? We don't know where it came from. They couldn't say. Oh, I see, then. Then why did you come here? We've looked in several houses. Why should we make an exception to yours? The scream may have come from here. Why, yes, yes, I, I suppose it might have. You see, I, I had a rather bad nightmare tonight, and perhaps I screamed in my sleep. Yes, I suppose that's possible. Do you mind if I have a look through your house? 
Purely a matter of duty, you understand? Why, of course not. Look anywhere at all. I pride myself on always being willing and ready to cooperate with the police. Where would you like to start? Let's start in this room over here. By all means. Whose room is this? An old man who lives with me sleeps here. Where is he now? This bed has been slept in. Yes, I know. I slept there tonight. Where's the old man? He left for the country, oh, fully a week ago. This old man, you and he got along well? You had no quarrel? Oh, we are the best of friends. I see. Any of his stuff here? Of course. All his money, his clothes, his jewelry, everything. You will find them all right here. Why didn't he take his belongings to the country with him? He was going away for a rest. Rather a long rest, I would say. It's very quiet where he is now. He knew he wouldn't need his money or clothes or jewelry, so he left them with me. I was his closest friend. I see. Well, everything seems to be in order. Thank you. I, I thought you'd find it that way. I, I'm rather a quiet person, you know. Yeah, you seem to be. I'm sure anybody would swear you were an honest, law-abiding citizen. Well, I must be on my way. Oh, no, no. Please don't hurry. You've done your duty. You've searched the neighborhood and found nothing wrong. Now, you must be fatigued. Let me give you a glass of wine. I have it right here. Oh, that's nice of you. Don't mind if I do. Glass of wine on a night like this doesn't go amiss. Here we are. Here we are. Ah, oh, it's fine. Sit down, officer. Thanks. Oh, I... no, no, not there. Let me place your chair for you. Oh. There. Do you like the wine? Oh, that's excellent wine, sir. Oh, uh, uh, by the way, uh, merely as a matter of curiosity, where was the old man when you saw him last? Oddly enough, right where you're sitting. Say, are you feeling all right? You look pale. I'm all right. Can't sit still, can you, sir? Does matter of nerves trouble you? Well, I, I do have rather jumpy nerves. Do you, do you find the wine good? Oh, yes, yes, indeed. It's excellent wine. About the best port I've ever had. Pardon me, officer. Do you hear anything? I thought I heard a shutter banging a minute ago. No, no, not that. I, I guess it's just my ears, a sort of throbbing. No, I didn't notice anything. Say, this was wine. Oh, yes, the wine. I, I take particular pains with my cellar. I always try to... Wait, are you sure you don't hear that? Well, not a thing. Maybe it's the wind. It's very windy outside. Yes, perhaps that's what it is, the wind. You know, I always think... I... I hear it, I tell you, don't you? I don't hear anything. Now sit down or you'll upset your nerves. And don't talk so loud. I can hear you perfectly. It's quiet in here. Why are you smiling? Smiling at me. I hear something. You don't hear it, you say? I'm not smiling. It's your imagination, I think. My imagination. It's not, I tell you. Here, I know where it is. It's here. Right in this room. I can hear it throbbing, throbbing. Throb. Here, here, here. Smashing that chair won't help, sir. It will. It will, I tell you. I stopped it once. I stopped it, I tell you. And I'll stop it again. But I can't hear a thing. No throbbing, nothing. There it is. It's louder. Louder. Laugh. Go ahead. Smile. Smile at me. But I can hear it. Listen. Louder. It's getting louder. Perhaps, sir, you'd better tell me now. I did it. I did it. I can't stop it. Tear up the planks. It's hot. Right there, I tell you. Go ahead. Tear up the planks. Then you'll hear it. You'll hear it too. It is hot. It's hot, I tell you. 
Chase and Sam Bornauer with Nelson Eddy, Boris Karloff, John Carter, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, Dorothy Lamour, the Stroud Twins, Robert Armbruster, and your host, Don Amici, will continue in just a moment. Mm-hmm. 